There's a snap. There's a kick. It is up. It is. No good. No one missed. I think we got a heck of a shot of winning. We beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. Eli Manning stays on his feet. Airs it out down the field. It is caught by Tyree. All you non-believers, disrespect us, talk crap about the defense, like we ain't the third best defense in the league. See you in Pittsburgh. Can't wait. Fitzpatrick. Enzo. Eric Decker holds it in. The Jets win in overtime. And the New York Giants, given last rights by many in December, are the Super Bowl champs in February. This is NFL Friday, going long on all news, reaction, and game picks for the Giants, Jets, and across the NFL on WFUV Sports. Hello and welcome into NFL Friday, FUV's exclusive look at the National Football League. I'm Andrew Galata alongside our WFUV NFL beat reporters, Michael Legan with the Jets and Mike Messina with the Giants, who's also our fantasy expert for today as well. A ton to get into. News with both the Jets and Giants, even though the teams aren't good, still making those back page headlines and a ton to get into with the playoff picture as well. I mean, only now three more weeks of the NFL season. Can't believe how quickly it goes every year. But Legan, I'll have to start off with you. How are you doing? Jets, another loss, but a valiant effort this time. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, what is there to say at this point? You know, we were kind of talking in uh, pre-production, uh, all of us saying, like, what is it even to say about the Jets or the Giants at this point? I mean, they're just bad football teams. It was another, you know, annoying loss. I mean, they were competitive, you know, like you said, I'll give them that. Uh, they were they were leading at halftime, which is a game for this team that rarely has a first quarter lead, let alone a halftime lead. They were up 10 points on a team for the first time this season. So, I mean, there's some positives there, but the, the bottom line is this, in the second half, the offense completely disappeared, you know, and I think a lot of the narrative fell on Zach Wilson, and we can get more into that later um, when we really more dive into more Jets talk. But I don't really think that was fair. I think the run defense in this game was awful. And you look at the score, I mean, it was relatively close, but it's just, again, it's another brutal loss. This team's 3-11, and three games left in the season. Uh, Jacksonville this Sunday, probably their only winnable game left. I don't think they're beating Buffalo or Tampa. So, I mean, look, I think it's just – it's tough at this point. I mean, what, what do you – the only thing I'm really watching for at this point is the young guys, the development of the young guys. I think Zach Wilson, like I said, unfairly criticized for the last Sunday's game. I thought he played overall pretty well, especially in the first half. Um, and some of the other rookies too, you know, obviously Michael Carter, the running backs gotten a lot of love. Elijah Moore before he went to IR got a lot of love. Likes to see those guys play well. And the defensive players too. I mean, Brandon Eccles is up for uh, Pepsi rookie of the week. By the time this podcast gets posted, maybe we know if he won or not, but uh, he had a great game. Uh, pick six, which got the Jets kind of back into it there for a second. So, yeah, I don't know. Overall, I, I, you get me going about the Jets. I talked for five minutes, but I'm, I'm doing okay. As good as I can be with this team. And love this. Mike, how you doing? Mike, at least you can have some positives walking away from last Sunday's game. This Giants yeah. offense yeah. didn't even score a touchdown in this entire game. Lifeless. Mike Glennon looked, I mean, honestly, like everyone thought he was going to look, in my opinion. No one thought he was going to outperform Dak and the Cowboys. No one thought he was going to throw for 300 yards. And he proved us all right. Three interceptions, a fumble. I, I mean, it, it was an ugly game. Nothing got going. Saquon couldn't get going. Sterling Shepard with a brutal Achilles injury, which is very unfortunate for him and his season moving forward. Um, but yeah, the Giants aren't playing for anything. I love that they brought Jake from in the game. I think they should have brought him in much sooner um, than the last drive in the game when they have six points on the board. He he went down the field, ended up going six or 12. I think it was 82 yards, and Glennon had 99 on the entire game right there. Um, so it, it was just an ugly performance by this Giants team. And, and like we say every single week on this podcast, the entire team needs to go. They all need to get fired. They, they need a new quarterback, new running back, new head coach, new general manager. They need everybody, but I don't think that's happening. Um, news came out, Daniel Jones, his season is over with, um, his neck injury, but his press conference today sounded positive in the fact that he'll, it's not, it's not career ending. It's not going to alter anything past this season. And if there were a couple more games in the season for them to play, such as playoffs, he would have been able to come back. He said, so that's a positive, but a negative all around from the giants this past Sunday against the Cowboys. 
this offense is just lifeless from the Giants. I mean, there's no other way to put it. I mean, every position you can say that, you know, they're probably within the bottom in the league, especially without Daniel Jones. And again, we're going to get into the Giants a little later with the Daniel Jones injury as well and what it really means for these last three games of the Giants season. But I do want to start off with the Jets as this team, they lose by seven. But as you said, league and they were up by 10 points six out of seven losses the Jets have had but this is probably their most encouraging out of those six losses they were able to get some turnovers on the defense to us still able to put up 31 uh with Duke Johnson running the ball very very well which is which is probably uh, which is probably just an epitome of this Jets season to see Duke Johnson run all over them Zach Wilson didn't play so so bad had the rushing touchdown no turnovers for him Right now, the big story at the Jets, 15 COVID positives came out today when we're recording on Wednesday, including head coach Robert uh, Sala. So he's going to be out um, for Sunday's game against Jacksonville. So maybe if that's their hope for winning that game, we'll see what happens. I mean, maybe that's a tank strategy for the Jets, probably. I mean, I think a lot of people maybe thought it was a win without 15 players. Uh, I mean, we'll just see how it, it happens. But again, at least last week, they got a valiant effort. And it seems like, you know, nationally, it seems like it was more just dogging on the Jets, dogging on Zach Wilson. But I watched Zach Wilson against the Saints when he played the Saints, and he did not look good. I mean, there were not a lot of positives from him. In this game, I thought there were a lot more positives, which is you could at least see his positives where he can build off going into the future. Yeah, look, you you brought up a lot of a lot of points I want to touch on. First, let me mention the COVID stuff. You mentioned the Jets have 15 guys on the COVID IL now or IR or whatever they're calling it. Um, it, most prominently now, not even just the players, Coach Sala. So he'll be – he can test back in. We're, like you said, we're recording the show on Wednesday, so I don't know when this will be posted. But essentially, um, if he tests – if he has a negative test and he's not showing any symptoms, he can get return on Thursday. Although the reason he was tested today in the first place was because he was symptomatic. And if that's the case, and he's also vaccinated, if I'm not mistaken. So typically, if you're going to show symptoms as a vaccinated individual, typically you're going to probably have a more – I'm not a doctor, but from what I understand, a more severe case. So I I find it unlikely that he'll test back in. Um, Other guys on the Jets COVID IL that or IR again, I don't know, whatever they're calling it, um, that are more concerning, obviously, from a player standpoint, Jonathan Franklin Myers, who's their best pass rusher. Honestly, I've been who, again, had a great start to the year, had a great year last year, gets a contract extension. And aside from a very good game against the Houston Texans, has disappeared. But nonetheless, he's, he's still an important piece. He's on the COVID list. Uh, and Elijah Vera Tucker, that to me is the most concerning stud rookie left guard. He's played fantastic this season, arguably the Jets best and most consistent offensive player. He's on the COVID list again with these new testing rules possible. They can come back for Sunday. I don't know how likely that is. So the COVID overall, I would say, you know, obviously I think, look, the world, the world in general, the country in general is being hit really hard right now by Omicron. Uh, but we're seeing it really bad now with sports. And I think the Jets, I mean, look, we saw with the Nets a little little bit, we saw with the Knicks, but, you know, the NFL has really been the forefront about these COVID issues, especially with the Browns and the the Washington football team. And I think now the Jets are honestly becoming up, going up there with, I mean, 15 guys, you know, obviously the Jets don't really have any big names, so they're not really drawing as much Hmm. attention, but, you know, look, for a team that's already got injury issues and is already playing bad and already needs all the help they can get to have all these COVID things, including the head coach is not good. Um, I want to touch on something else. And then Mike, I know you're the Giants guy, but I'm sure maybe you have some thoughts as well uh, about Zach Wilson, just moving away from the COVID stuff, which is obviously very serious. And my hope, my, yeah, obviously we hope it all gets resolved. Um, but with Zach Wilson, look, and you mentioned this, Andrew, and it, it really bothered me and anyone who follows me on Twitter, which I, I don't know how many of you are listening to this do, but g- give me a follow if you want. But the yeah, point is, like I was, yeah, <laughs> at Michael Legan, give me a follow. Now, anyway, the point is I was very upset. I tweeted out. A lot of the coverage of the Jets' loss post Miami uh, was very much focusing on Zach, uh, saying that he didn't play well. And one one thing that bothered me in particular was there was a lot of focus on a comment that he made post game. Uh, he was asked by a reporter essentially like how he felt about the fact the offense has generally struggled since his return from injury. Which, to be honest, I don't really agree with. I mean. Yeah, they had a great game with Mike White, but then the offense played really poorly against Buffalo. Uh, Joe Flacco didn't exactly light it up against Miami at home. And then Zach picked up a win in Houston. Look, I understand the offense isn't great, but I I don't really feel like they were laying it up there for a bit. And obviously the offense overall has improved uh, compared to the early part of the season. But to say that Zach has caused this dramatic decrease in offensive production, I think it's just patently false. You obviously have to take into account the fact that you don't have Elijah Moore. You don't have Corey Davis, who's out for the year. 
You don't have uh, George Fant. He wasn't at left tackle last week. Obviously, Mekhi Becton's been out all year. So I, no focus seems to be made on that in terms of the offensive struggles. You know, a quarterback can only do so much by himself. And again, I don't think, and a lot of it was this, this, this focus on this comment he made when, when he was asked about these struggles. And he said, yeah, I don't worry about any of that stuff. Uh, when he was asked like, if he doesn't feel any responsibility and like, look, I, I, I don't really understand why people are making such a big deal out of that. I mean, could he have get, given a better answer maybe, but what did he, what did you want him to do? Like put all the, like, just to bash himself, you know, he's, I've obviously been in pretty much all Zach's pressers at home. At least he's always said the right things. I've always been very impressed by the way that he handles the media. And to me, to make a bit like a mountain out of a molehill with this comment saying that he like really messed up and shouldn't have made this comment. Like some beat reporters are alluding to, I just think it's absurd. And in terms of the comments about his play on the field, like I said, no one is taking into account the fact they're missing many offensive pieces. It seems to be that all the struggles being placed in him, despite the fact that he had a really, really solid half, against Miami. And in the second half, I think more of the reason why he didn't perform is because the, the offense, I mean, the pass protection was putrid most of the game, particularly bad in the second half. And also the defense for the Jets couldn't get off the field. So it's hard to get an offensive rhythm when you can't get the ball. And again, I just, I, I find it just, it's the Jets had so many issues on Sunday. I know it was a close game, but all the focus seemed to be on Zach Wilson. And there's no mention of the missing pieces on offense. There's no mention of the fact that the defense was just putrid in this game. You mentioned Duke Johnson, who was just signed out the Miami practice squad. Give you a little, you know, TBT for a Dolphin fan comparison, if you want. He's like looking like Larry Zonk out there. Dolphins, great running back, or you want to go even more recent, Ricky Williams or something like he, the, he I mean, they make making Duke Johnson look insane. And that, that really falls on the Jets run defense, which was awful. So, look, I know I said a lot of things here, but let me just sum it up. Zach's getting too much hate, and I, I just don't really think it's deserved at all, especially because I think he played well. And that just has really bothered me post the Miami loss. Yeah, I agree with you, Mike. I, I think he is getting a lot of hate for not just the game against the Dolphins, but for the entire season. Like you said, he, he, they had a, I believe it was a seven point lead going into the half, 17 10 at the end of the second yep. half. And then the second half, they, he, he just wasn't hitting receivers. You mentioned the pass rush of that Miami defense. And yeah, they, I, I believe they had uh, their offenses on the field for 10 and a half minutes. The, the, the Jets just couldn't not get anything going against that defense. And you mentioned all the injuries that the Jets are facing. What is Zach Wilson supposed to do when he has no one out there guarding him, uh, protecting him at the line of scrimmage, or even to throw to? The guy can't throw the ball to himself out there. I'm sure he would want to, but he's getting all this hate, which some of it is, don't get me wrong, definitely deserves. I mean, yeah, I don't mean to cut you off, Mike. I do do want to say, look, he deserves to be criticized. He hasn't had Mm -hmm. an amazing rookie year. He's not Justin Herbert. I mean, he's played very poorly. Andrew, you mentioned the Saints game. That was the worst game he's played all year. No turnovers, but just disgusting. He's played very bad, but you want to criticize him when he can be criticized. That's fair. But to me, the Miami game was just not a game to criticize, but go ahead, Mike. No, hundred percent. I, I was just going to mention that in this season so far, he's at 1900 yards, six touchdowns, 11 interceptions. There is definitely some hate that is deserved for Zach Wilson's play as of late, but I'm on your side on this one. I don't really think he had that bad of a performance against the dolphins minus the, minus the second half. I think there is some, um, um, things that could be said about his play during the second half. But the first half, I mean, 10 points in the first quarter. Is that the first time the Jets have done this all season? Yeah. I, I, I mean, Giants, Giants, same thing. They've never – they have one touchdown, I think, two touchdowns in the first quarter all season. It's just embarrassing that that this is what – kind of what New York football came down to. We're always blaming the quarterbacks or stuff. But the quarterbacks can't do everything themselves. The Giants are supposed to have this iconic second overall – number two overall pick, Saquon Barkley, obviously hasn't done much. Jets in the same boat. I mean, I mean, Zach Wilson can't do everything himself and he's going to keep getting this hate until he succeeds. And it sucks that this is how it is, but that's to me, just like the fans just need someone to put all this loss and putrid football onto. And it honestly, it just always comes down to the quarterback and the head coach to me. Yeah. I mean, look, I just, I just, sorry, Andrew. Yeah. It's just unfair. I mean, I will say it's the only thing it's unfair to put it all on the quarterback. 11 guys on the offense. Yeah, I mean, I just think, look, it's the nature of the NFL. It doesn't matter what team you're, you root for or whatever. It's always going to fall on the quarterback. And I, I think we all agree that's not fair. But I just think it's particularly unfair given the fact that Zach played well. And, you know, Mike, you mentioned the uh, the struggles in the second half. I mean, they had Connor McDermott, who's a third-string tackle out there at left tackle. He's like a turnstile. I mean, defensive linemen are just going right past him. Zach's always got pressure in his face. And, you know, these wide receivers, like I said, I already said it, no Elijah Moore, no Corey Davis, who frankly are the best receivers. You know, Keelan Cole's fine as a third. I like Braxton Barrios. He's very good overall. I think he's a good return game. But, I mean, 
the, the Jets receivers are getting no separation. And I, there were a couple times, Zach hit a couple guys in the hands. Denzel Mims has just been a massive disappointment in year two. In particular, there was like a 39, 30, 10 player or something. Zach face, deals with the pressure, hits Mims right in the hand, he drops the ball. So, and it, it was, it was a, you know, decent coverage, but no one was getting open. He's just not getting help from anyone. But it just seems that no one is really acknowledging that. It just really frustrates me. And you mentioned the fans wanting to blame someone. Don't get me wrong. I do think there are Jet fans who are blaming Zach. But I find, and again, I don't want to attack anyone in particular or like criticize anyone unfairly. But to me, it's the fans, again, this is Twitter. It seems the fans overall tend to be very supportive of Zach. The criticism that I see really tends to come more from other journalist media, which is their right. I'm not saying they don't have a right to criticize. But I just wish that we could have better perspective on what the actual struggles were, because anyone who watches that game, including members of the media who it's their job to watch that game, you know, I would like to think that they saw the other things I thought, too. And I, I, I haven't read every article. I haven't watched every clip. I'm sure they mentioned these other things. But it just seems to me so many of the back page headlines were about Zach this, Zach that. And it's just just not fair, in my opinion. No, I definitely, you know, agree. And look, I mean, Zach Wilson definitely like. As uh, you know, you guys have said he hasn't played very good this season in a lot of areas. Last week, though, I mean, it's definitely a step in the right direction, whatever you want to call, um, you know, this Jet season. At least that's a positive thing. And to put it as a negative, look, he didn't show out. He didn't put up four 400 yard passing yards, four touchdowns. It's amazing game, but it was a step in the right direction. And I think the big thing with Zach Wilson coming in, like if he was going to be successful, I feel like especially year one, you needed to have a supporting cast around him. You needed to have good coaching around him. And that just hasn't been the case so far. And look, we'll see going forward. I think injury is a big part of that. I mean, Elijah Moore looks like a stud out there. So hopefully he comes back healthy next year. But look, this Jets team, it's not very good. And I bet next week we're going to come back and probably say the exact same thing. But I, I do want to move over to the Giants. And obviously the big news this week is Daniel Jones is not going to play the rest of this season. Mike, as you said, and to me, it looks like the defense is playing well. And honestly, it's it's almost disrespectful to the way the offense is playing compared to the defense because defense has given it their all. They held Dallas in that high octane offense to only 21 points. They're able to get turnovers, make plays and the offense goes on the field and then they just wet the bed. And I just the the offense really is quit. It feels like at this point and you you could see it in Saquon Barkley's um, you know, his whole body language, I think it was on a fourth down and one and someone went off sides on the offensive line. And then he just kind of shrugged his shoulders and kind of threw up his hands like, oh, we're done. And I, I know you're not expected to win a lot of games with Mike Glennon at quarterback. So we'll see what Jake from if he comes back this week and starts a game. He looked pretty good at the end of that game. But Mike, this offense just seems a mess right now. Look. I, I couldn't agree with you more, but what do people expect when we're running out yeah. Mike Lennon? And I, I, I saw a funny, uh, I, I listened to, excuse me, a funny clip on, on TV or, or podcast. I forget where it was. And all of Mike Lennon's tenure, uh, he, he made like 1.8 million, 2.2 million. And I, actually, flo- I heard it. I, this is a related stat, Mike. I heard something like he has made in his career, based on his earnings, $3.5 million per every per win, win he's ever had. <laughs> which and is just the- and then the Bears ended up paying $18.5 million to be their starter before, but, but before uh, they, they went into that draft, which is just funny because a quarterback like Mike Glennon getting $18.5 million is just absurd. I mean, he looked legitimately awful in that game. He threw three interceptions. He fumbled the wall once, 13 for, 29, 13 for 24, excuse me, 99 yards. He could not find any open receiver downfield. He couldn't do anything. He didn't connect with Kenny Galladay until – 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter of the game. Uh, I, I mean, for someone that the Giants went out and got someone to, supposed to be a superstar primetime wide receiver for this offensive group, to not throw him the ball. He didn't even – it's not that he even didn't catch a ball. He didn't throw him the ball until 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter. And that just right there tells me that, that Mike Glennon really doesn't know this offense, no matter how long he's been on this team. And he's just not a good quarterback. I, I mean, to not, to not be able to find – your top wide receiver is kind of embarrassing to me. Look, Saquon Barkley, again, another embarrassing performance, 50 yards. I think his high this year is 64. And look, for someone who, who was so talented coming out of Penn State, was so highly regarded in his rookie year, he has just been the biggest bust for the Giants that that could have happened. And look, you mentioned Jake Fromm, Andrew. I think Jake Fromm 
Yeah, he played one drive, and it was the very last drive of the game. The game was over. They had really nothing to play for. But he went out there and kind of did what he had to do to start off. Six for 12, 82 yards. I mean, what is that, 17 yards less than Glennon had in three quarters? And he looked good. He, he hit Galladay for, I think, a 45-yard pass downfield, which is good and what the Giants need. They need someone who's willing to take that deep shot and, and take those risks and get it downfield to their top receivers. And Mike Glennon just doesn't do that. And honestly, it, the Giants don't even really call the plays that much. Every and it it's it just crazy because every time you hear Saquon Barkley, he's either getting the ball out on a screen and gets two yards, or you hear Saquon Barkley one yard rush, two yard rush. There's never a burst of speed that comes out of him that that gets him downfield or anything like that. This line is in shambles. Um, the defense played well though against the Cowboys. You said only holding up to 21 points, which is honestly, in my opinion, a huge positive to take out of this game. Lorenzo Carter with arguably his best game as a giant, two sacks, two tackles for loss. And look, this Giants offense owes this Giants defense a lot for, for what they've had to do this season. They've played well, in my opinion, but the offense has just not been there week after week after week to, to kind of help them out. And honestly, I don't know if they're going to be winning another game this season. They're heading to Philly this week, and Philly's a 10-point favorite and a much better team than this Giants team is. So, so I don't really see a time that I, I don't really see the Giants winning another game this season. I got to be honest. Yeah, I mean, look, I would say, Mike, you really hit it on it all. I mean, Mike Glennon is just not an NFL quarterback. I mean, look, you're not when you have a backup, when you're when you're a career backup, you're not expecting Joe Montana or Tom Brady to come in the game when your starters hurt, but you expect some level of competence. I mean, we even saw it this year with Mike White, just to get a local reference in there. I mean, the guy, look, he didn't play great in some other games, but even against Cincy, I mean, he proved that he could he can play football in this league. Mike Lennon, and I'm not, I mean, I don't have the game tape from the 2014 Tampa Bay Buccaneers in front of me, but I mean, if you just want to go by the last few years, has not shown that he should be in the NFL, at least not as a backup. I mean, with a backup, you least expect competency. And you just haven't even gotten that from Mike Lennon. I mean, the guy is awful. I, I just looked it up. I could be wrong here, but I heard this stat over the weekend. Uh, you know, I wanted to confirm the year. I think this is correct. He hasn't won a game as a starter since 2017. So it's been a minute. And so it's just, I, the guy is just not good. And overall though, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, the offense has been really bad with Mike Lennon, but it wasn't like it was lighting up with Daniel Jones either. Overall, I don't care who was calling the plays. I mean, it's actually gotten worse with Freddie Kitchens as compared to Jason Garrett. The bottom line is I know Kadarius Tony's been hurt. I know they've had injuries with Sterling Shepard, you know, but the simple fact is you have Kenny Galladay, you have Saquon Barkley, your offense should be able to put up some points. And the fact that they are one of the worst offenses in the league is just so – that to me that falls on coaching. It falls on the players not executing. It just is so many problems with this Giants team. And, look, the Jets and the Giants are both awful. This has probably been – aside from the 1970s when I was not alive, this is the worst decade of New York football ever. And, you know, it, it, with the Jets, you see whether or not you agree with the direction, there is a direction. They are trying to rebuild – the coach and the GM are on the same track, whether or not they're here, supposed to here in a couple of years, whether or not Zach's still the quarterback, that's whatever. With the Jets, is more of an unknown. With the Giants, you know what's going on. The team's terrible. The quarterbacks, they're all terrible. Jake Fromm, I mean, good luck to him. Uh, he should start this weekend. He's not going to be your future at all. Glennon's bad. Daniel Jones, I hope he can return to playing football at the same level, but he's not that good. Your GM isn't good. Your coach is incompetent. With the Giants, you know everything. It's just a matter of what do you do now. And I just find it incredibly hard to justify it. Mike, I don't I don't think they're winning another game either. They did beat the Eagles earlier this year, so they've proven they can do that. This is different. It's in Philly. But let's say they finish with five wins. Can you really justify? And I know can you if the only reason you're keeping Joe Judge at is because you don't want to fire another coach after after two years. Not because Joe Judge actually showed you something that makes you want to keep him around. You're just firing him. You don't want to fire him because of appearances. Well, then that's not a reason to keep him. I understand you don't want to be the Cleveland Browns firing coaches all the time, but Joe Judge has shown enough that he's just not the guy. And I'm sorry. I just don't think that there's anything he can do in these last few games to save. I, I mean, I think he'll be back. It's basically been rumored that he is coming back, but I don't, I don't agree with it. That's yeah, I, I heard those rumors as well. And I also don't agree with that. He needs to be gone. I, I think Daniel Jones needs to to kind of start his career elsewhere. And I think Sa Saquon Barkley needs to start his career elsewhere as well. Um, look, Kenny Galladay, no touchdowns on the season. We're going into week 16. I, I mean, 
that's it, it, it's just embarrassing to say the least. It, it's embarrassing to keep running out this offense who really like has potential. I mean, Daniel Jones has potential. Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, Kenny Galladay, there is potential within this team. Saquon Barkley, they, I mean, they have the guys in order to, to score points, but if the quarterback can't get the ball to their receivers, actually, I'm wrong. Excuse me. Last game, Mike Glennon was trying to hit Kenny Galladay on a back shoulder toss in the back right corner of the end zone, completely underdrew the ball, and it was like five feet away from him. And it was like, he one, he was wide open for the first 15 yards of the play, and then he was still wide open in the back of the end zone, and he just underdrew it by five yards, and it's just crazy how this is the guy that the Giants want under center and want to kind of lead this team to what, maybe five wins, possibly five, because five at the very minimum, uh, at, at, excuse me, at the very maximum is the amount they're going to win. It's, it's just crazy that time and time again, it's rebuild, 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 Start, go for three years, then rebuild, rebuild, rebuild. Then honestly, if, if it's not a complete rebuild this year, then I, then I have no hope that, that it's going to happen soon because one, it's rumored that it's not going to complete rebuild. Judge is coming back apparently. And so is Daniel Jones, but it's just, it is just, I, I I'm at a loss of words for what this giants offense has done this season and just really what this coaching staff has done. They just built it the wrong way. I mean, they built it from their skill position players in. It's not how you build, you build an offense from the offensive line out. I mean, the offensive line is, is very, very bad. The offensive I mean, line has been fixed in five years. And exactly. And it's been the problem every trying year. Trying to fix this line. Like, you, you, you can any- add Kenny Galladay. It doesn't matter. I mean, th- th- that's the thing. It's like you, you build it in the wrong way. And then everyone's like, oh, why isn't Kenny Galladay getting the ball? Why isn't, you know, X person getting the ball? I think that's the reason. Your quarterback, it seems like the one thing I don't want the Giants to do is just force to draft another QB. Because it seems like that's what they did with Jones. They kind of just, they felt like they needed a QB and they just picked one just because they needed one. And they, they felt I, well, like Daniel to Jones me, was the Andrew, guy. I would say, I think they were forced to pick a QB. Don't get me wrong. But I think a bigger part of the issue was, the fact that, yeah, they were trying to get a quarterback, but this just falls on Dave Gettleman again, who also yeah. needs to go immediately. He at legitimately fell in love with Daniel Jones. It wasn't just like, oh, we need a quarterback. He's the best of the lot. Let's take him. Obviously, you look at that draft. I mean, Dwayne Haskins clearly wasn't, wasn't a good choice. But, I mean, the fact that Gettleman legitimately fell in – like, it wasn't like he was, like, putting on a show. Like, he legitimately believes Daniel Jones was the guy, and he's proven wrong again. And to me, it's not only the fact that they felt compelled to take a quarterback, it's the fact that they were so incompetent that they thought Daniel Jones legitimately was the guy. If if the Giants want to keep Daniel Jones for another year because of the quarterback class that is coming out of college is not the greatest quarterback class, Mm -hmm. I'm okay with that. But the class after this year is a much better quarterback class than this year, and that's when I would expect the Giants to go out and draft another quarterback. That's a time where they have to. And honestly, if that means keeping Joe Judge another year as well and then getting rid of both of them next year before they draft a new quarterback and kind of officially start this rebuild, I should say, then I'm for that. I'll take a, another mediocre season, I guess. But I don't want them to really go out and trade for Russ because what that's, that's not going to help the pieces we really need. Yeah, we need a quarterback. But Russ is going to be just like Daniel Jones, in my opinion, if he has to scramble every single play. I mean, he's – look – what are they five and ten this year? They're not having a great season. Five and nine, yeah. yeah, five, he's five, five and nine. Not even playing that well. Exactly. He's not. He's not having a good season at all. So I don't. I'm not for the Giants going out and trading for Russell. I as much as I want Daniel Jones gone and Joe Judge gone. If the plan is to keep them both one year, wait for that next quarterback class, and I'm in for that. I would that's, just say I don't know how. I mean, Mike. I I think that's very logical, sound reasoning. I think that's a good plan. My biggest thing is I just don't know how you can sell to the fans. You can't. Like, hey, we're bringing these guys back. I mean, like, at the end of the day, the NFL is a business. You need to make money. And I'm not saying the Giants aren't going to make money. Of course they are. The New York Giants, one of the prestigious franchises in the NFL history, they're going to make well, money. That, that's why they're giving away free medium soda. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, do you think fans really going to want another free medium Pepsi next year? By the way, one Pepsi per ticket package, not one per person. So you got a five ticket package. Guess what? You can share one medium Pepsi. It's just, it was, that was like that was that was like honestly a comedy skit. But, you know, it's just – I just – I Mike, what you were saying makes so much sense in terms of the quarterback class isn't good and then maybe you can get a better coach and GM that way. All makes sense. It just – I just – I don't know how you can sell it to the fans because I just think we're all done. And you're basically admitting to everyone, if you come back with Judge and Gettleman next year, we're just giving up on this season. And you're making it so obvious, and I don't know how you can sell that. 
I think the plan you have is good. I just wonder how you, how you sell that. And my, this is my other concern as well. And maybe you can, and I know we got so many other topics to get to. And I, I just, I, I'm, I'm surprised that I'm ranting so much about the Giants. It wasn't really the Jets today. The, the Giants are just such like a mess. Every team is, but in New York. The bottom line is this. When you look at the Giants' history of uh, GM hires, you go all the way back uh, to like the 80s and 90s. George Young was the famous GM who was appointed by the NFL to help the Giants because they were such a mess. And then from George Young, you had uh, Ernie Corsi. It was like it was like all internal guys. They never really went out and hired that guy who was from outside the Giants organization. Gettleman is another giant guy. Of course, he was with Carolina, but he has ties all the way. I mean, he started his career with the Giants. He's a giant guy. He was in the offices forever. Again, he's almost an internal hire. I get he was in Carolina, but it's an internal hire. The rumor is that if they get rid of Gettleman, they're promoting, I'm, I'm blanking on the name, so I apologize. Their current assistant GM, his name has been floated around. I We can look it up. Uh, I'm sorry. I, again, I don't really care about the Giants assistant GM, but the rumor is that they're going to just Kevin promote Abrams. him. It? It's Abrams, right? Yeah, Kevin Abrams. Yeah, yeah Kevin Abrams. My question is, and this is also a problem with ownership, the fact that the Maras, who for years we lauded as these great owners, I mean – Gettleman is bad. Do you think the guy that is working for him is any better? Like, how is that solving the issue? It's like you have a, a faulty organ and there's, it's just like replacing it with another one. It's like, what, what are we doing here, people? Like, it just, I, it's just the Giants to me. And I don't, I, I, could, I could care less about what happens to the Giants. Honestly, seeing the Giants stink makes me, my life as a Jet fan better. But it's like such incompetence from the Giants. And it's just like, this is stuff you would expect from the Jets. It's yeah. I mean, look, and the one thing I will say about Abrams, he has two Super Bowl champions. He won both of them, I don't know, seven, 11. So again, maybe the GM of those teams. No, he was the assistant. He was just an assistant, but look, at least he wasn't like a direct Gettleman guy. I mean, to me, the thing is with this team that they have those two picks, they're probably going to be two top 10 picks looking how bad the bears are this year. Draft two offensive linemen, or at least two linemen, at least defense offense. Like that would be my uh, biggest prescription to this giants team. But We'll see what happens. Now, I, I do want to move over to some better football, some better run franchises yes, in the second half of this edition of NFL Friday. I want to move over to the, the playoff picture real quickly. Look, it, it's been crazy over the last few days. Also, it seems like all the games that either got moved or, um, you know, have been in primetime have had a lot of playoff implications, which is really, really fun getting to watch all these games. So many close races in both the AFC and NFC. Guys, I, I want to kind of break this down into kind of two sections when talking about the playoff picture. Got to look forward to the playoffs as always. So first I want to talk about a wild card team that's either in the hunt or in a spot um, right now. And what's one of those teams that you feel like can really make a run, either win one playoff game, maybe go even deeper league. And we'll start off with you. Yeah. Well, first off, I, I, we did a playoff segment a couple weeks ago and I failed to mention this probably because the jets weren't officially eliminated and now they are. I just need to say this. And that'll be it for the Jet talk, I promise. The New York Jets, and because you just mentioned the playoffs, and I need to get this out, and I hope all the Jet fans out listening can really relate to this. It just it drives me up a wall. You mentioned how we enjoy the playoffs, and I love the playoffs. Don't get me wrong. Playoff football is great. But what makes playoff football better is when your team's in it. And guess what? Very true. The Jets, you want to know the last time they were in the playoffs? I was in the fifth grade. Fifth grade. It was, tw- it was the winter of 2011. You know how old I am now? I'm about to graduate college. My entire high school and middle school life, the New York and college life, the New York Jets never made the playoffs. Do you know how competent that is? I went from an 11-year-old kid to a 22-year-old adult, and it, it, it's just I, just, I can't. Can you believe how insane that is? That is just absurd. Not one playoff appearance. So please, and it's not going to happen next year. I don't care if they improve. It'll be a seven-win team. It's, not, it's just can't take anymore that's not the point you want to mention the playoffs now i'm sorry i just every time i, I look at the playoffs i'm always like yeah the jets aren't in again of course not why would they be all right uh in terms of wild card teams making a run andrew i'll give you one from each conference um look i gotta be honest the colts are heating up at the right time uh you know i don't love carson wentz i you know i never really have but i mean jonathan taylor is the best running back in the nfl these days stud offensive line they got a very solid defense you know, I think they have a great head coach in Frank Reich, a guy who the Jets should have hired when they interviewed him a long time ago. Um, although Boomer Esiason told him not to take the job, so that 
also could be part of it. But the point is, I love the Colts. I think they're a very solid team. I don't know if they're going to win the South at this point. I mean, they very much could, but let's just say things hold. They are just a wildcard team. You know, they'd be the top wildcard seed. They'd be taking on one of the lesser divisions uh, opponents. So maybe the winner of the South or the North. Very winnable for them. I think just how good this team is. Very solid on both sides. Could see them making a bit of a run in the NFC. Uh, look, the, I think the AFC is much deeper than the NFC. So when you're looking at a wild card team in the NFC, I'm not really as, you know, I think the Cardinals are almost the polar opposites in the Colts and the fact that they're really kind of hitting a streak here. Overall, still a good team, but, you know, slowing down a bit. The Rams, I don't trust at all. 49ers, you know, eh, the Vikings, no thanks. The Eagles are actually getting kind of hot at the right time. And Philly tends to do this where they're not a Super Bowl contender, but even I think about the year after they won the Super Bowl, where they kind of sneaked into the playoffs, won that double doink game against Chicago. I'm not saying go on a run, but I could see Philly being the final wildcard spot. And if that is the case, wouldn't be shocked. Cowboys could very well be the second seed in the, in the NFC, even though they probably shouldn't be just because of how weak the East is. If we have an Eagles Cowboys first round playoff matchup, uh, I could very much see the Eagles winning a playoff game. Mike, I agree with you on the Eagles. That's who I was going to go with, honestly. But okay, now that you said that, right. I'm I'm going to I'm going to switch at mine because I also don't trust the Rams. But look, if this if this Los Angeles Rams team is a wild card game, I think they have all the capability in the world to go out there and win a game, win two games, or or and even make a soupy uh, appearance. So we'll see. But the Rams have a chance. They're obviously going to be, in my opinion, the best wild card team um, in the NFC. Um, I don't think that. I had the the Washington football team in the wild card. I think last time we talked playoff picture, but I don't know really what they're still dealing. Yeah, I think with. we last time we talked playoff picture. <clears throat> excuse me, both of you, both of us did have Washington football team. I don't see that anymore though. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what their deal is right now. I, I don't know who's still who's still on the COVID roster, who's still off the COVID IL. I'm, I'm not really too sure. But look, the LA Rams, the the performance last night um, was. I'm not going to say embarrassing, but it, it was certainly not encouraging moving forward that they couldn't be a, a, a Seattle team that really hasn't looked good all year, even when Russ is playing. So I'm going to go with the Rams as the wild card team. And the Rams won last night. Is that, are you still yeah, saying they, they just yeah, didn't they won, win? They won ugly, though. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Um, and then I'm going to go with the Bills in the AFC. I just think this AFC East is still wide open. And look, Bills Pats this weekend, and that that says who wins the AFC East. So I'm gonna go Bills. I, I think Bills, even as a wild card team, can make it into this playoffs. Can win a game. Can win two games. Who knows? Josh Allen has an injured ankle. He was in a walking boot the other day. So if he can get healthy and he he hits Stefan Diggs like he does pretty much every game, um, I, I think the Bills have a great shot to win a game. Yeah, I mean, definitely agree with the Bills. I I do think that team can definitely win a game. You just look at the firepower they have. So I I will go say, though, the Chargers, I think they have more firepower. And that team with Herbert and all their weapons they have, I, I think they can go up win a game. We'll see how the seeding goes down. But right now they're slotted to play the Titans. And I feel like that would be a great matchup for them to get a win, even if the Titans have Derrick Henry. Over in the NFC, I agree with you with the, the Rams. I think they'll end up winning that division because I think the Cardinals are about to really tail off. I think the Rams are probably, to me, I think outside, I of the, yeah, outside of the Packers, I think they're probably the best team in the NFC right now. But anytime I have a chance to talk about the Saints, I'm going to go do it. This team, look, the offense is not pretty. They're not a pretty team. They're just not. But the defense is dominant. We see what they did against Tom Brady. I think they will get in the playoffs. I don't want to cut you off, but even the Jets scored some points against the Saints, unlike Tom Brady. Just that's just very true. That that's very true. Which uh, you know, I, I guess you could do a little um, transitive property and say that yeah. uh, Zach Wilson's better than Tom Brady. But uh, anyways, I do think that you know this Saints team, the schedule not very strong. You have Miami, then you play your last few division games with Carolina and Atlanta. I think they can probably sweep those games just because you're not playing a lot of good teams, not playing another team over 500. And if they get into the playoffs, I would be pretty scared of that defense. And I, I, I think they can win a game if they played the Bucs again. We saw they have Tom Brady's number as long as they don't turn the ball over and Taysom Hill doesn't do anything that's just fumbling and bad situations like he's done in the past. If he just runs his QB power and gets it to Alvin Kamara, I think they can score enough to win a game. Who knows if you go further, but look, I, I do think this team and that defense, defense, they always say defense wins championships, defense wins playoff games, and the Saints got a very, very good defense 
uh, here, but that will wrap up here. Our playoff picture definitely want to move into our picks and fantasy. So I want to start off with our fantasy segment and Mike. Now we're second round of the playoffs. I won my first round, barely won by like five points on Tuesday night with Matt Stafford. It was a lot of close calls. Everyone's going to need their best stardoms, best sit-ems. Who do you got for this one? I'm happy for you because I certainly lost week one. Uh, <laughs> well, I should say for my team, not that anyone cares. Uh, I'm in the championship game, so. Uh, oh, wow, you're a week early. Yeah, we're at, we're, we're, we're in eight-team league, so it's a little okay, it's like gotcha. four and four. So. But, uh, yeah, okay, I lost first week, so so that was unfortunate for me. But for a stardom, you said, I have Tampa Bay Bucks running back Ronald Jones Jr. Look, with Leonard Fournette being on the injured reserve, he lined up as a starter. He's lined up perfectly to get a lot of touches. He hasn't had one single week of 10-plus points or more on PPR fantasy um, with this hamstring problem with Lenny Fournette. Like I just said, he's going to be lined up, be in charge of the running back's position. And look, this – um, Tampa, uh, Carolina Panthers defense let up 16 Russian touchdowns this season. And I think that's just going to climb next week against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And then I have T Higgins wide receiver for the Cincinnati Bengals, um, going up against the Ravens team that their top three corners are either injured or on the COVID IL and coming off a game with only two receptions for 23 yards and a game where Jamar chase had over 150 plus yards, I believe it was, and getting the majority of the work. So I'm expecting that kind of flip-flop and Jamar Chase to kind of be double-teamed a little bit. T. Higgins will, will get opened up and be able to get some catches downfield. Uh, yeah, Mike, I think those are both good picks. I mean, I have Jamar Chase on my team, so he had a really bad game this past week. Yeah, the week before he had a big week. Yeah, so I hope he can bounce back. I will also say in terms of Ronald Jones, good pick, but I, I think you're – you're underestimating the recent signing of Jets legend <laughs> who is now a member of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers reunited with fellow mental case, Antonio Brown. I think you're underestimating him now. Honestly, Ronald Jones, I put in a claim for him. I'm probably not going to get him, but yeah, good picks. Look, a, a, another, honestly, a stardom I would take is Antonio Brown. This beat up entire Tampa Bay Bucks, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Gronkowski, Fournette. I mean, you have to look at Antonio Brown getting some looks going forward. Um, but I'll move on to some sit I have two. I have quarterback of the Indianapolis Colts, Carson Wentz. Um, I have him as a sit despite his past performances pretty much all season long um, of 20-plus points. He struggles in the air against the Patriots. He struggled in the air against the Patriots with only 7.9 PPR points. And I can see him doing that same exact thing against the Cardinals. They're a very pass-heavy defense, and I, and I just don't think he's, he's going to be able to get the ball in the air. It's going to be a very rush-heavy game. And Philadelphia Steelers wide receiver Chase Claypool, um, just not the best year production-wise for him. Steelers are always looking for that big play downfield, and the Chiefs are all of a sudden very good at stopping that big play again. He had 1.9 points last week against the Titans, and I expect it to be not that low, but I expect it to be within single digits this this week against the Chiefs. Uh, yeah, Pittsburgh Steelers wide receiver Chase Claypool. Uh, you know, uh, if he doesn't get any catches, he doesn't have to worry about costing his team the game by uh, celebrating. Mm-hmm. That's uh, positive for him. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I mean for sure. I think that when you look at Carson Wentz, I, I just think when you have Jonathan Taylor when he's running the ball like that, I think that especially when you have that electric offense with Arizona. If you could run the ball as much as possible, I could definitely see them doing that. Now for the last two, I got two sleepers. I have wide receiver, McCole Hardman from the Kansas City Chiefs. Look, Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill both on COVID IR. I have no idea if they're going to be playing or not. Um, Look, he'll be getting more snaps. He'll be getting more playing time. And Pittsburgh's defense ranks 12th in fantasy points allowed to wide receivers. So it's a big upside for um, McCole Hardman going forward. And I expect... Uh, Patrick Mahomes to, to not miss him on those wide open shots. And then Dolphins wide receiver, Devontae Parker. Um, I have Marshawn Lattimore possibly locking up Jalen Waddle throughout the entire game. So it's going to leave a lot of holes in that defense for Devontae Parker, Parker to get open downfield or in those close shots. So I have him kind of going off in a big game back to back with almost 17 points last week. And I, I can see him having high, a high scoring game like that again. Right. Yeah. I mean, the, the one thing I will say about McCall Harmon, I, I definitely put a waiver claim in. He was projected way down. Like I couldn't even find him. I had to type in his name. He was only projected like five points. Maybe 
ESPN thinks Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey are going to play, but if they don't, yeah, like, I have no I, idea. I hope nobody like like figures out like that they can pick that that they they go well, pick up hard. Now so. that you're talking about it on a podcast, that's true. Everyone listens, everyone listens that's, to the show. That's very very true. Maybe I shouldn't have said that, but I think you know. Look, if if there's no Kelsey and and Hill, you got to throw somebody. But uh, look, I definitely if I can pick him up, I mean, I'll have to see if to start him and not kind of get a boomer bust. I'm playing the one seed in my league, so. Hopefully I can pull off, you know, the upset in the semifinals. But now I do want to get into our picks. Always Mike great with uh, some fantasy picks here and some stardom systems and some sleepers. But first game I want to move over to is on Christmas Day. We have two Christmas Day games uh, this week, starting off with Cleveland traveling to Green Bay League. And who do you got for this one? I mean, look, even if Cleveland gets everyone back from COVID, Baker, Kevin Stefanski gets back on the sideline. Bottom line is Green Bay is still one of the best teams in the NFL and just better than Cleveland. So, yeah, I mean, look, I, I, I mean, I would like to see the Browns kind of pull off an upset here. Obviously, who, who doesn't want to see an upset? But Green Bay is far and away the better team, so give me the Packers. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Baker, Jarvis, whoever they got on that team still. Green Bay is a much better team for me. Um, I, I, I think Aaron Rodgers is honestly a clear MVP going into this game and the rest of the season. Um, and they have a great shot to, to make it to the Super Bowl. So I'm going to go Packers with this one, and I really don't think it's going to be a close game. Yeah, I agree with you guys kind of for all, what all you guys said. I mean, Rodgers, it's tough to bet against him, especially when you're playing a you know COVID-ridden Browns. I think they'll definitely get the win in that one. Moving over to the last Christmas day, the Christmas night game with Indianapolis traveling to Arizona. I think this would definitely be a great game. A lot of playoff implications. Messina, who do you got in this one? Yeah, I think I'm going to go the Cardinals. I think they're just going to have a bounce back game after an embarrassing loss to the Lions last week. I don't know. I'm not overly confident in it. Uh, Obviously, Colts have Jonathan Taylor, and with him, anything's possible right now. I'm just going to go with a bounce back game from the Cardinals in this one. Great game, though, on Christmas night. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what time it is. It's 8 o'clock. This yeah. is a uh, great game for Christmas, um, you know, great game for the week, honestly. Uh, Red Hot team in the Colts. The Cardinals, I still think on paper, are one of the better teams, but they've obviously cooled down significantly. And, you know, m- momentum swings are a real thing. And I just think the Colts are just looking – they're firing at all cylinders right now. I'm not saying I love Carson Wentz, but this Colts team, I just – with the way the Cardinals are coming off a really bad loss against Detroit, Indianapolis is, like I said, on fire. Give me the Colts. Yeah, I'll, I'll take the Colts as well. I, I just like the way they play, I like how they run. Then if you could run the ball, get some play action with Carson Wentz, and then that defense is playing so, so good. So I, I think the Colts do enough. Arizona right now can't get out of their own way, it seems, and obviously losing to the Lions would be a good example of that. And I, I do think the Colts, I think it'll be a closer game, but I do think the Colts will come up on top to get the road win. Next game, moving over to Sunday, Detroit. Going to Atlanta, this game, basically a meaningless game. I'll take Atlanta at home. I don't think Detroit gets their uh, their, their third one of the year, first back-to-back wins of the year, League of the Week. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm going to go with Detroit. I mean, okay. two wins high on the year, coming off a huge upset of the, the, the Falcons, the Cardinals. Look, obviously, this is definitely a classic, you know, letdown game after such a high last week, but... Look, I'm a fan of Dan Campbell. I mean, the guy's a psycho, which is why I think I kind of like him. I don't know if I like him because I think he's a good coach because it's just kind of funny. Um, I don't know. Just Also, selfishly, if Detroit does win, the number one pick is very much in play for the Jets, which, you know, I'm so done with tanking after last year, but I'm not going to deny having the number one pick would be nice for the Jets. So, And also, Detroit win would help the, the whole strength and schedule thing with the Seahawks pick, make that higher. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I want Detroit to win, and I just think they will. I don't think Atlanta's very good. Yeah, I don't think either team's very good. Um, but oh, of course, they're both good. I'm going to go with Atlanta in this one. I just think Matt Ryan and Kyle Pitts are just going to be able to get it done past this Lions team. Yeah, I definitely agree with you there, Mike. And now a better game, AFC North showdown. Baltimore traveling to Cincinnati in a game that could decide that division. Legan, who you got? Yeah, I mean, look, AFC North is just wide open right now. I mean, every, I mean, I wouldn't have yeah. thought beginning of the year Steelers would be in play. They're very much in play. The Browns are right there, obviously, despite the loss to the Raiders. The Ravens, look, if John Harbaugh wasn't so crazy about going for two all the time, they probably would still be, you know, 
I have more of a comfortable lead. But you know, the Bengals are the tops. About the Bengals still are the, the lead in the AFC North, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah, they are. And the the, the, the the Ravens actually, as it currently stands, are outside the wild card. But I don't think it's gonna. I don't think it's gonna last. Um, yeah. I, I mean. I don't know. I think as long as he doesn't try to go for two again, I hope he just finally learns his lesson. I mean, I just think it's just stupid. But I just think Baltimore's a better team. I know they have some issues. I guess, you know, Lamar with his injury, hopefully he can go. Uh, assuming Lamar is playing, yeah, give me Baltimore. You say hopefully he can go. Honestly, this this Baltimore Ravens team might be playing better without Lamar at quarterback right now. So I, I don't know if I don't know if Ravens fan really want him in right now. But I'm going to go the Bengals um, top, in first place right now in that division. I think they're the better team. I think um, they look like they could easily be the favorite to come out of this division in the beginning of the season. Kind of went on that dry spell and couldn't really play that well. But a big win last week against. The Denver Broncos. I'm gonna go with the Bengals in this one. Yeah, I think the Bengals get the win in this one as well. It's gonna be one of Joe Burrow's kind of first signature wins here in the AFC North. I mean, I, I really like the way he plays. Demar Chase is so so good, and obviously T. Higgins. But everything they're doing on offense, that offense is definitely dynamite. Defense playing better. Shout out to former Saint Trey Hendrickson, who's up to 13 sacks on the season for the Bengals and that team is a lot of former Saints which is kind of interesting to see one of their coaches a former Saints so again definitely like uh, Cincinnati and rooting for them as an AFC team and I think they'll get a win here on Sunday moving over to a game that will be close to a lot of NFC playoff pictures with the Rams traveling to Minnesota Messina who do you got in this one? Yeah, I just have the Rams. They're just a better team than the Vikings. I put no trust, no faith, no hope in Kirk Cousins in that offense. Um, I saw a stat. I think I mentioned this last week. If they didn't play the last two minutes of every single game, they would be like 13-1 and one or something like that. Just an outrageous stat for, for this Vikings offense. And the Rams are just better um, injured, COVID or not. So I'm going to go with the Rams. Yeah, simple fact. Mike said it. Usually what happens on these picks. The Rams are a better team. Minnesota is very middling. I don't, I don't think they're going to hold on to that wild card spot. Give me the Rams. I, I agree. Rams will get the win, and Minnesota in their last game against the Bears. I think that was the, mo- the most watched Monday Night Football game of the year, which is really a, a bad showcase for football considering how that game went because it was just dreadful. I I'm mean, putting the Bears on prime <laughs> time too. That's yeah, hard. I mean, it's not, not like the Vikings played this amazing game either. They, I mean, it was, it was a bad football game. If that was like my introduction to football, I don't know if I'd be watching it because mm. uh, it just was very, very ugly. But I'll take the Rams. They'll get the win in this one next game buffalo traveling to new england which seems like it'll decide the afc east i think buffalo is going to get the win on the road it's tough to beat a team twice in the last three weeks that's what new england's going to try to do i think buffalo too much weapons on offense and i think on defense they're kind of underrated but i do think that defense is solid and i think they're going to be able to get to mac jones and get this win legan who do you think yeah, uh, give me the give me the, the Patriots. I mean, it hurts. You know, I don't like. I really don't like New England. I don't like Buffalo either. So I don't really like picking either of these teams. Obviously, one of them has to win. I mean, that game a few weeks ago up in Buffalo was an anomaly. It was a 1940s football game, all running, no yeah. passing. Uh, so I don't think that's going to happen again. But look, I just I don't. I Belichick this year has proven. I mean, I think everyone was down on him last year because. They only won seven games, missed the playoffs. You know, it was all about Brady being successful in Tampa. And I think Bill was really, like, you know, looking to prove that. I think, you know, we see how bad Cam is down in Carolina these days. I think it's – I saw someone say, you know, we should honestly be giving credit to Belichick for the fact that he got seven wins out of Cam Newton. So, I mean, look, I just – at home, Belichick is just – he's Belichick still as long as he's there. I don't love Mac Jones, but – to me, Buffalo, it's just it's your, your classic snake-bitten franchise. I don't know if anyone believes in curses or jinxes or bad luck, but Buffalo always just seems to have it. And I don't know. I, I think Buffalo can still very much and probably will make the playoffs as a wild card, but I think the Patriots will win and they'll lock up the division. Yeah, I said I, I said a couple weeks ago that I think Pats are going to win this division. I think Pats are going to beat them at home, but I think I've, I've switched to Buffalo. I think just think Buffalo has more weapons right now, and the last time these teams played was obviously a big fluke game, no passing, all running, um, bad weather. So I think Buffalo's going to be able to, to, to go into Foxborough and honestly sneak a, a close win out of this one. 
moving over to some other New York games. I guess Buffalo technically would be a New York game, but Jacksonville going to New York and almost a toilet bowl matchup here. Obviously, the Jets with the co- with the COVID issues, Jacksonville with just a ton of issues. Obviously, firing Urban Meyer. Casino, who do you got in this one? Yeah, this I won't watch this game for a second. I no. I have the Jets. I guess the, the, the battle of the two who's worse. Yeah, uh, I will be watching, of course, because I watch every Jet game, no matter how bad it is. And I will also be there, because, of course, it's a home game. So, as your faithful Jets beat reporter for WFUV Sports, I will be in the press box. Uh, Yeah, look, give me the Jets. I mean, obviously, major COVID issues, but Jacksonville really stinks. The Jets really are not a good team. Uh, You could literally flip a coin and decide who's going to win. I don't know. I mean, look, let's, let's just say it this way. I mean, the Jets had one of their best wins out of nowhere when Mike White had a fill-in for Zach Wilson and, uh, you know, takeover. And now Robert Sala probably won't coach, and Ron Milton, the Jets tight ends coach, is filling in out of nowhere. No one knows who he is. Maybe we can capture a little bit of that Mike White magic coaching controversy, if you will. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, just give me the Jets. Why not? I changed my pick. I forgot about the COVID issues. I'm now on the Jacksonville Jaguars. All right, all good. That's the exact same reason I'm on the Jaguars. I had the Jets when I was looking at the, the slate of games last night. COVID issues come out. They don't have their head coach. It's really tough to win without your head coach. And the Jets, they have a tough time winning, period. So without their head coach, I just don't think they'll get the win. I think Jacksonville does enough, probably barely. It's probably going to be just, you know, it's not going to be a good good game. I mean, I, I don't know what the Jets are going to do to lure uh, the fans into MetLife Stadium this well, week. Well, I'm, I'm very excited because, <laughs> you know, I'm home now, so now I don't have to train to these games, so okay. I can drive. And I was like, Jets, Jaguars, day after Christmas, there will be no traffic. <laughs> yeah. Excellent news. Very, very true. But I, I think Jacksonville in the toilet bowl, definitely uh, they'll be able to get this one. I In a close game, but I bet Jacksonville gets the win. New York Giants going to Philadelphia in another game. Big, big for Philly, but obviously the Giants, it's, we've talked about it at length with this team. Obviously, it's going to be a meaningless game for them. Messina, who do you got? Look, I mean, I said at the beginning of the show, I don't think the Giants are going to win another game this season, so there's no way I can pick them for the pick and seven. I think Philly's winning. They're winning easily. I, I, I don't see anything coming out of this Giants. See, but then then I'm going to be wrong. Jake Fum's going to throw for 310 yards, four touchdowns, and I'm going to look dumb, but I don't think they're going to win either way. Give me Philly. Look, the Giants were honestly lucky to beat Philly earlier this year. The Eagles played really, really bad. They're hot right now. I don't think they'll let that happen again. It's in Philadelphia. Give me the Eagles. I'll take the Eagles as well. I don't think the Eagles are a particularly good football team, but they're going to beat the Giants, who I think are the worst football team in this one. Giants, I think, look, they got that win against the Eagles in, you know, like I think it was four turnovers by Jalen Hurts. I don't think Jalen Hurts will turn the ball over four times again, and they only won that game 13-7. It wasn't like the Giants blew them out. Uh, I, think, I think the Giants defense plays well, but not well enough to force that many turnovers to get this win, and I'll take Philly in this one. Another division matchup here this time in the NFC South where Tampa Bay will look to bounce back from their loss to the Saints last Sunday night playing the Panthers in Carolina. I think Tampa Bay, they're going to get this win. They have a lot of injuries, but I think they're a much better team than the Panthers. I think the Panthers almost have quit at this point. Seems like this team really, you know, has not played well. Matt Rule on the hot seat. Uh, it's it's a tough scene down there in Carolina, but I think Tampa Bay is going to be able to get this win. Legan, who do you think? Tampa Bay, uh, better, far better team despite some of the playmakers being out. I think Brady's probably, you know, angry about how he played on team yeah. play last week, so he's not one to let that stuff repeat. And the Panthers are really bad. Matt Rule, I mean, talk about a guy that doesn't take accountability. He always seems to be blaming his quarterbacks, his offensive coaches. The guy's a clown. He probably should be fired. Give me Tampa. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you guys. Clean sweep for Tampa. I, I, I think last week was just an overall terrible performance by, by Tom Brady and the Bucks offense. Obviously, they have now a bunch of injuries to their wide receiving core, running back, but I just think they're a much better team than Carolina Panthers. So, so give me the Bucks in this one. Next game with the Chargers traveling to Houston to take on the Texans. Legan, who do you got? Oh, look, simple. Chargers are a decent football team. The Texans aren't. I think Davis Mills has shown that he's actually not half bad, but I don't know. Texans, Texans. The Chargers are, you know, in the midst of the playoff one, and I don't think they're going to let an easy one get away from them. Give me the Chargers. Yeah, I'm on the Chargers, too. Chargers are trending upwards. They are, in my opinion, a great team right now, and they have, 
I'm with Andrew on this one. A chance to to make the wild card game, win a win the wild card game, and move on in the playoffs. So I'm going to take the Chargers on this one. I think they're a good team and clearly a much better team than Houston Texans. Yeah, agree with you guys for all those reasons. Don't have to look too too deep into this game. Chargers, Herbert, they'll be able to get it done in that one. Another you know toilet bowl type game with the Bears traveling to the Seattle to take on the Seahawks. Another game where both these teams struggling mightily here. And uh, a game where maybe it's a get-right game for one of these franchises, but, I mean, really a meaningless game. I'll take Seattle at home, I think, just because they're home. I'll give them the win there. I think Russell Wilson, he's going to do enough to you know, maybe right the ship a little and get a win. Messina, who do you got? Yeah, I'm with you. I'm, I'm on Seattle on this one. I think they're a better team than they look, um, I, th- I, guess, I guess, on paper than, than their performance-wise. But... I just, yeah, I don't know if that makes sense, but they should be a better team than they are. I'm taking them in this game. I don't really have any faith in the Bears. I mean, look, two bad teams. I mean, the fact that it's in Seattle, that's a very good point. I don't know, just a gut feeling, maybe break up a little bit of the repetitiveness. I'll take Chicago. Why not? You know, um, I think, look, last, this last game was really ugly Monday night with the Vikings, but, you know, the refs really kind of screwed them over a couple times. You know, I don't know. I just, I, I, I give me Chicago. I, I don't know why. Just give me Chicago. Next game is Pittsburgh traveling to Kansas City to take on the Chiefs. Chiefs, obviously, with the COVID issues, may not have Travis Kelsey, may not have Tyreek Hill, which make which may make this game a little more interesting. Legan, who do you got? Yeah, uh, give me Kansas City. I mean, obviously, with these COVID issues, don't really know what's going to happen here. I mean, I have Travis Kelsey on my fantasy team, so uh, you know that's. Oh, I I really hope that he can get in this game. I need him, obviously. I don't know. It's just, again, I know the COVID issue is going to be a problem for the Chiefs, but they're just a better team, and it's in at, it's at Arrowhead. So, yeah, give me Kansas City. Yeah, Kansas City all the way. I, I don't really have faith in this Pittsburgh Steelers team. I don't think they're that good. Um, and Kansas City, obviously, is the clearing away favorite right now in their division. So I'm going to take that, and they're looking great as of late. Yeah, I think if Patrick Mahomes, if he's healthy, he doesn't get – he doesn't test positive for COVID down the week. I think this team with Mahomes, they're going to get the win. They're playing some really, really good football, and they're hitting the stride at the right time. So give me Kansas City in that one. And an AFC West matchup with Denver going to Las Vegas to take on the Raiders. Messina, who do you got in this one? I have Denver coming out and getting a win here. Um, are they the better team? I'm not so sure. I don't think so, but I just think with what they have right now, they're going to be able to get a win. I don't think Derek Carr is really everything that people talk about, and I don't really know how many people think he's a great quarterback, so I'm going to go Denver on this one, whether it's... And I, I don't think Teddy Bridgewater's playing. I think it's going to be Drew Locke. Um, I think Drew Locke will just got a win in this one. Yeah, look, give me the Raiders. I think with Teddy, obviously with the concussion protocol, it's just a nasty hit. I find it hard to believe that anyone but him is going to play. Uh, I'm sorry, I find it hard to he's gonna believe that he's going to play on Sunday. The Raiders, I'll be honest, you know, I think I think the NFL is always better when the Raiders are a good team and, you know, involved. I mean, they're like, they, they're, they're the villain, at least. I mean, they've been a joke for, like, the last 20 years. But, like, you know, I love NFL history, and I love, you know, looking at the 70s and the 80s when the Raiders, like, the villains of the league, kind of what the Patriots are, you know, for us. But I always think the, the league is just better when the Raiders are good. And I was happy to see them keep their playoff hopes alive. I think they continue to do this weekend. Maybe it's more so a hope, just because I like to see the Raiders involved in the playoff picture. But give me Las Vegas. Yeah, I'll take Las Vegas as well. I mean, just looking at the quarterback matchup, I do think Derek Carr is better than a guy like Drew Locke at this point. I don't think the Raiders are a bad team. I just think they're kind of average. And, they're, and so is Denver. But I think Denver, without their quarterback, it'll hurt them. And I think the Raiders will get the win at home. NFC East matchup here with Washington. COVID riddled again. We'll see who plays, who doesn't. They'll travel to Dallas and Jerry World to take on the Cowboys. I'll take the Cowboys in this one. I think the Cowboys are kind of getting right slowly but surely. And they'll be able to knock off their division rivals with the Washington football team. Messina, who you got? Yeah, I'm on the Cowboys all the way. I don't know who's going to be playing for the football team, who's not going to be playing, but no matter who's playing, I think Dallas is far and away the better team in this game. And just like I do on all the other picks, that I think the team's much better. I'm just going to go with the Cowboys in this one because they're better. Yeah, just uh, hate to be dead horse, but that's what people Mike said. Uh, it doesn't matter who plays Washington, Dallas is the better team. So give me the Cowboys. Last game, Monday Night Football, Miami traveling to the Big Easy to take on the Saints game. Close to my heart, my family's heart, because my brother and dad are both Dolphins fans, so we'll be a divided household there. Mike, who do you got in this one? 
Okay, so my first question is, why in your house is, are you a Saints fan and your, your brother and father are Dolphins? My dad's a dad because like Marino and that stuff okay. and when, they won the, when they were good. I know you like the Saints because of the Super Bowl they won, correct? Yeah, yeah, with Drew Brees. So, I mean, yeah. it kind of makes sense. <laughs> okay. well, I mean, like, good for you guys. You don't have to deal with the Jets and Giants, but like, yeah. okay, Dolphins are like... That's very interesting. All right. The more you know people. All right. Uh, I don't. I mean, look. My first. My besides that thought. Interesting comment, Andrew. You know, can the NFL? I, I understand they make these schedules obviously before they don't know. They know if any teams are going to be good because the NFL is so year by year teams change. But would it kill them? Watch this game on Monday night. <laughs> decent primetime games. I, I mean, we've had a few good ones this year. Don't get me wrong, but it seems like every week. The primetime game, whether it's th- well, Thursday nights are always bad historically, but even this year with Monday night football, Sunday night football, these games have been awful. And we had a couple good ones, but like, would it kill some to schedule a good game? I mean, this is another bad one, but whatever. I hate the Dolphins. Well, that's not really true. I don't like the Dolphins because obviously they're Jets' rival. I don't hate the Dolphins the way like a Jet fan who grew up in the 80s and 90s does. Because to me, the Dolphins have always been very mediocre. I mean, I hate the Bills and Patriots more than I hate the Dolphins. Um, but because of that, I can't pick them. And the Saints, they're on a playoff run right now. I know Miami kind of is too, but I think it'll be easier for the Saints to get in than the Dolphins. It's in New Orleans, which I think is a big deal. So give me the Saints. Yeah, I'm going to go with Miami in this one. I don't think the Saints have a quarterback that is competent enough to really go out and, and win them big games. I know, Andrew, you might disagree with me, but I don't think... No, I, I probably do. <laughs> I probably yeah, agree with you. You, you probably do. I don't, I don't think the Saints have good enough quarterback to win this game. Miami is playing well as of late. They're, I don't know how many games they've won in a row, but it's a couple, and they're in a much better position than they were two weeks ago. And I think they're, they're kind of getting hot at the right time, so I'm going to go Miami. Well, Taysom Hill is not a good quarterback. I think, you know, he's not a starter. I mean, there's a reason that James Winston won that battle. How uh, It's going to end up being, I think, like 40 or something over five years. If he's not, for, if he's a starter, a it's 90. For a guy who can't be a quarterback and is a glorified gadget player. I mean, he's a good gadget player. I mean, he's That's good fine, when he does. To, not... to me, that contract made no sense, but go ahead. I, go ahead. I mean, he, he's a guy that, look, I, I think he can win games just the fact that his defense is so good and this defense is probably going to give up less than 20 points. I don't think two is anything special. I don't think this Dolphins offense is anything special. I think the Saints were able to force some turnovers and they're able to give Taysom Hill some short fields, take Alvin Kamara. He's for real, I'll tell you that much. He's probably the the most important player to their, most valuable to their team. I think that's Alvin Kamara with the Saints, just because this and, team has and no I just want to say real quick, because I know we're about to wrap up. I'm just curious, because you're a Saints fan, you watch all the games. Like, legitimately, does Trevor Simeon not give them a better chance to win? Like, no, that- Trevor Simeon is not good. I know he's not, but like, he, <laughs> he's like, worse look, than I Taysom. know he played like five minutes for the Jets. I know he's not very good. He also watched yeah. him, but like, I, it, Taysom Hill is really bad. My thing is like, I feel like Trevor Simeon can at least like kind of consistently complete a pass. Like, I, you, you think he's that much worse though? Yes, yes, I do. I think, and also Taysom Hill can run too. It's, it's, yeah, it's not a good situation in New Orleans when it comes to this this quarterback situation. But Sean Payton's there, and they just beat the Bucks. They swept the Bucks. I mean, that's got to play for something. I know it's a division game, and you know sometimes you throw those away, but. I mean, they've beaten a lot of good teams. They've beaten the Patriots. They've beaten the Packers. I mean, you know, when you look at their wins, more than half of their wins come against the Packers, Patriots, and Bucks. That's got to go come for something. This team, you know, they play up when they need to, which could be furying at times when you're playing not so good teams and they throw up an egg. But I, th- I think they'll beat this Miami team. They know they got to win games and put some wins together to make the playoffs. And I think they'll do enough in an ugly game that will probably be very ugly and unwatchable to a lot of the public and whoever's watching this Monday night game, but I do think they'll get the win in this one, but that'll wrap up this edition of NFL Friday. Definitely should be a fun slate of games for my partners, WFUV NFL beat reporters, Mike Legan with the Jets, Mike Messina with the Giants. I'm Andrew Bellotta saying Merry Christmas to everybody who celebrates and also enjoy your NFL weekend. Now that we have so many games here on the slate through all kind of Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. So it definitely should be a lot of fun, but we'll definitely talk to you next Friday here on NFL.